Welcome to The Building Code. I'm Zach Wotovich. And I am Charlie Bertwistle. Today, we have Corey Halstead on the pod to talk a little bit about the content marketing world in construction. Yeah, super interesting story um, with Corey here. Obviously, he started at a very early age uh, mowing lawns, and he kind of saw a need for something a little bit more. He eventually moved into the building space. Eventually, we actually moved into the product side of things. Um, and then he saw another need for kind of the outdoor living space, pool builders in general, uh, to market to their customers better. So I think that's going to be what he talks a little bit about today. We'll we'll save some firepower for him. But yeah, let's get him. Uh, let's get him on the pod. Corey's got a, an extensive background in the construction industry, which is pretty awesome. You know, we we bring on guests all the time, and I think we have a unique opportunity here to go places we don't normally always get to. We've got a lot of new home builders. We've had people who are working in the material supply side. Corey's here to talk to us about the the off season of outdoor living and kind of that growing part of the industry. But Corey. Go a little bit deeper. You have a pretty extensive background in marketing and digital marketing and, and how to really kind of do a design build with a, a marketing and education spin on it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's an exciting um, segment of construction, right? Um, for for the whole industry and for you guys in particular, it, it's um, it's rapidly growing. So I listen to the podcast. I hear all you know a lot of interior guys and. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to kind of bring the pool and, and luxury landscape space, uh, into the light here the best I can. But yeah, so, um, yeah, basically I grew up in, in the industry, right? So the whole, the whole outdoor living thing, I was, you know, in, in New York mowing a lawn at 13 years old for my uncle's business. And, uh, all, all my friends were playing and, and doing cool things. And I was behind a lawnmower and, um, so I kind of, that was my introduction into the whole outdoor industry but pretty quickly i transitioned from anything maintenance related to the to the design and build side of the industry so um yeah you know just kind of everything from being on hands and knees in the field uh you know working my way up through designing and building those projects and um and then quickly kind of transitioning to the sales and and marketing side of of that whole space um even spent some time on the product side um, you know, working at the dealer level and the manufacturer level. So, yeah, I guess it's like all three segments, right, of that industry uh, kind of coming together and then seeing, I guess, just all along the way, right, the gaps of the vendors that I was working with and how they didn't really understand the space that they were trying to market. And I'm like, well, this seems kind of broken. Like, <laughs> you don't really know the customer. And, they, you know, Agencies are great. They come on, they quick learn, but um, there's nuances, I think, of the luxury construction world that, I don't know, man, I don't know if you can learn those things in a, in a four month period, you know? So, um, so that's what, that's what we set out to do at Halstead and, and still every day in and day out. That's, uh, that's the space that we spend uh, all of our time in. Well, it's awesome to have you on today, uh, Corey, like you said, kind of a, maybe an underrepresented uh, segment of construction landscape uh, here on the podcast. So honored to have you here to, to represent and a really, really interesting background. You talked about, you know, originally starting out kind of working in the field, you know, outside pushing a lawnmower is getting into, you know, product and obviously now marketing. Was that something that was always uh, something that interested you or were you just kind of like you were doing your job and you realized a gap in the space and you just kind of transitioned to that? Then you realized another gap and transitioned to that. Uh, or is this all part of your elaborate plan? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to say it was all part of the plan. No, I think I think um, 
it always was right. As soon as is, I've always been sort of design and, and creative oriented. Um, so pretty quickly, I think that's why I kind of latched on to, to the design build side, right? Watching, creating something from nothing, watching it, uh, through craftsmanship come to life. So there, it, for me, it was always the perfect balance of, of creativity and craftsmanship. Right. So, um, so that's, so I've always had that. And then when I started to see sort of the, the different segments of the industry or just how different companies and competitors were marketing themselves or even companies that I worked for, firms that I worked for that I was like, man, if we would just do this and that, that seems so obvious to me. Why don't we do right. that? Um, and just the opportunity, really, like as before, right before I jumped. So we're nine years old at, at Halstead. Um, so we've been been at it for a little while right um right before that is when i really was like okay so this industry is exploding um it's going to continue to explode and there's just going to be this this need for for elevating it right from a brand and marketing a maturity right the industry is coming coming to maturity in terms of uh you know all these exciting things you know marketing and digital and automation and all this stuff so yeah we've we've had a few guests talk about that experience as well of like, if you're not going digital, if you're not adapting to the way that the technological trends are going, you're already behind because there are builders like yourself and other people who are just, they're already looking into technology that maybe is five, 10 years out in order to achieve it. You know, what, what kind of customers are you working with at Halstead Media? What, what is it that you are really providing to someone who comes to you guys? Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it, it is, what is it? I guess ninety nine percent outdoor contractors. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Ninety nine percent outdoor living industry businesses. Mm -hmm. So uh, within that is pretty heavily um, luxury project oriented contractors. So pool and landscape um, focused guys. Um, lighting, outdoor lighting, fencing, sort of everything that goes into this entire outdoor living space that these folks are creating, these talented people. Um, and then we work with the dealers of the products and the manufacturers of the products that they install. So those three segments, but all focused um, exterior, uh, exterior design build. So you kind of get the full spectrum of the uh, kind of the entire landscape uh, from all the way from the builders to the manufacturers and everything. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, Maybe I guess before we dive in too much deeper, I, we jumped in right away. Uh, could you give us just like a brief high-level overview of kind of what Halstead does? Um, you know, I spent, Zach and I were on the your.com today and super, super interesting stuff, a ton of good content out there. Uh, but maybe just for our listeners out there that this may be the first time they're hearing of it, just kind of a 30,000 foot overview. Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, yeah, so we are a full system uh, provider. So um, really we start at the site um, we go through um, uh, paid search, so in terms of, uh, or I should say search, so organic search and paid search, um, organic social and paid social, um, and then the site sits at the center of that, and then sort of that all the data and analytics that go along with that, and then we do a ton of content production, uh, primarily in the form of video out in the field. Um, and then some written content development as well for these guys in terms of blogging and things like that. So it, the core stack is the site, paid search, paid social, um, organic search, organic social, data analytics, and content development. Um, and that's kind of evolved, right? So if I think back to when we started, 
um, we would kind of take things as they came a little bit, like I guess most businesses that start out do, right? Um, if somebody wanted to run a, a paid social campaign for six months, we would run it and that would be it. And if they wanted to stay on, they could. But what we realized about two years ago was we looked at all these customers, right? The happiest ones, the best case studies, the ones that we felt proudest and most you know, happy with the results and, and their business results. Um, and we saw that it was basically this combination. We, we call it the system that we offer now. And basically at this point moving forward, we kind of know exactly who's a great fit for us, um, which is um, you know, somewhere we, we, we've realized that you know, about 2 million or so annual is, is the threshold to where we are still effective, but not you know, too much uh, annual spend for their revenue. Um, and the meat and potatoes is somewhere between that two and 15 million annual revenue contractor um, is a really great fit for our systems. And we've designed them in a way that is industry specific. Um, it's everything that they need, but nothing that they don't, right? What they would get from some big sort of uh, bl more bloated agency or somebody who doesn't know the industry well. So, and you know, we got all the data, right? From all of these hundreds of case studies that are industry specific across the country and into Canada. So. We see, okay, like this works, this doesn't, put it together into a system, everything is integrated. And that's really the the bread and butter of what we do. That's super interesting. You're getting a perspective of different regions and the, the marketing trends that are effective in those areas. Are you noticing just like things that are, one area is more effective than others? Are there any trends that you're noticing in these different locations that are, are kind of helping these businesses kind of reach a, a, a broader audience? I tell you, it's it's. Um, I know this this sounds like overused or whatever, but the content side of this space is so exciting, man. I mean, it's like it is uh, telling the story, right? And and I know you've had people on before that I've listened to, and um, you know, telling the story of what these guys actually do and gals day in and day out is is the really exciting part, right? And there's there's pockets, right? Like. I always say this, like when I'm talking to potential clients, I'm like, yes, we have all this data and we have all these case studies and we have this industry knowledge, but there's little nuances, right? Within each pocket, within each market, um, even terminology in the industry for uh, products and things, they're just very different um, across different markets. But I think the most exciting thing as a foundation is like, if we can just get behind the scenes a little more and tell what's actually happening, um, it is it's so exciting from that standpoint and then you can kind of push it out wherever you want to in the in the system right um because it fuels everything dan Corey, you rarely do we get to talk about data on the podcast here <laughs> this but is charlie's wheelhouse I was gonna all say, our listeners right? know charlie's the data guy uh, we try to work it in <laughs> yeah he's over right. here shaking in his chair i just yeah i can hardly you know him one for that charlie <laughs> exactly i appreciate it. we're actually hiring a data scientist right now so if you're looking to jump ship or if there's any data scientists listening Let's, hey corp dev partnership we can corp do dev we'll get a we'll get a caller i'm going yeah but corey you and i might have to talk sometime uh when we don't have people listening and we can geek out on data together but uh right the the content <laughs> side is super interesting uh and you know, I think that we're seeing similar trends with some of our customers too. Uh, we mentioned a little bit ago, kind of on the cutting edge of uh, what people can do as far as marketing and content. Uh, the types of customers that you're working with are kind of your typical customer maybe. Is this the first time that they're doing anything like that? And maybe for some of our listeners out there that don't have a content strategy, uh, what would you recommend to them to kind of get up and going? Yeah. 
at this point, most of the most of the folks that are coming to us have at least dabbled in in content. A they got a bit Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's it's been they've done some SEO, they've done website, some Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> they've they've dabbled, right? But um, I guess nowadays the most common is they've dabbled a lot. They've had some minor successes, but not a lot of wins. They're maybe even a little skeptical of like what works and what doesn't. And that's that's my deal. Like I don't know if it's the years in the field or the the you know being in the industry or knowing these guys and gals so well. But like we got to know what works, right? Somehow we got to figure out what's actually driving return so that we can do a whole hell of a lot more of it and less of what's not right so um i think it's that's kind of the, the situation now but i guess it's interesting because i would say that the thing even when they do come to us the thing that needs the most boost is is the content right and and really understanding how that piece fits into making everything else move, right? It's uh, it's so critical. So I guess if somebody's just starting out, I always say this, like I use this thing that in past presentations that seem to work well, it's like view view the project from from the eyes of a, of a media company or a magazine or a website, right? Like think about that project, not holistically, just like logistically and production and, and staff management and all those amazing things that have to happen, but just back up from it a little bit and, and think about it like it was on TV, right? Which um, <laughs> is, is just kind of gets in the mindset and then you can start to film little bits and pieces of it with your phone and it gives you an understanding of like, look, if we really nail down this story project by project, and then we can piece it together in like what makes you as a company tick and why you choose those projects and why you do this, then that's really the foundation of everything else. Does do, is that a struggle for builders that they don't see the value in the marketing piece a lot, or like they need to, they need to be shown the impact from a, a number standpoint to say like, okay, this is worth the spend. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Think about their their life day in and day. It's it's very concrete, right? No pun intended, yeah. right? So this is it's a gray space, and I guess I don't know. That's what that's what a lot of folks say. Like we try to make this as I don't know, productized as 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 concrete as as data driven as possible, while still kind of being within their budget. But yeah, man, I think you know, I think unfortunately, just like in the construction industry, there's a lot of people that do it wrong. <laughs> right. And if you get a couple of those people that took a bunch of money from you over the course of your 10 years in business, and then here comes another one that says, no, 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 really this time, this time, this this time. time. one more chance, you know, <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah, yeah. I heard this story before. So, um, so yeah, it is, it's a struggle. Well, yeah. I think that's where, uh, you know, the data aspect comes into play that you mentioned is like, you know, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. So if you can actually come in and say, no, we can improve your, you know, your, your content, we can improve the number of leads you're getting, number of sales you're getting, and we'll track it to show that lift. I mean, that's insights that companies have never heard before. And that's a big selling point of builder trend as well, too, you know, very analogous in that, uh, you know, similarities there of like, hey, enter in all your data, and you'll actually be able to track, are you more profitable? Are you more, you know, timely yeah. with your requests and things like that. So I imagine that has to be a pretty good selling point for you guys as well, too. Yeah, so, so important. I mean, we, you know, it, and I always say this, like, look, we're not perfect, right? So 
I want to know and my team wants to know just as much as you want to know, right? So like if something if something is in there that's like, wow, man, we thought this was going to do this and it did this instead. I mean, I don't know. That's interesting to me, right? Like, okay, well, why? <laughs> and now why can we fix it so that it can work better for you moving forward, right? So I think the second that we all think like, hey, I've done this a hundred times. I know how it's going to go and I'm got nothing left to learn. That's the dangerous part. And I think the data always kind of helps me continue to keep learning things. And, and yeah, right down to the, my, what, what jives me up is like, can we track this spend back to revenue? <laughs> right? right. Like here's Mrs. Jones. She came in from an organic search originally. Here she hit your dashboard in your, in your call and form tracking here. You went out and so-and-so salesperson went out to that lead and then you closed the $200,000 backyard and you built it. Bam. Like, yeah, that's the story, <laughs> right? That's the story. Now it's dangerous because if you get too much and, and I know, you know, being a, a daddy, a, a data person, Charlie, maybe this is, this is, I don't know uh, gray, but there's, there's brand and there's long-term value and all of these oh, other yeah. things right? that we, we can't get lost too much in the data, but it helps to tell the story. And I think that's, that's the key thing. Do you have a, a preferred channel when a customer comes to you that you think is kind of the, the best investment that has the highest return of potential, uh, that you would recommend someone to go after if they're kind of getting started in digital media and content? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, the, the giants of social are hard to, are hard to ignore, man. I think it's, um, if you, if you do just even a touch of, of good video and good content and you distribute it, um, you know, on Instagram and Facebook for this industry. And if you're in the commercial side, LinkedIn is interesting now in terms of their, their platform then I think that it's it's just too big to ignore that one. Um, the way we always position it is like, look, this, and this goes back to that system, right? No different than how you install a pool and steps. And if you skip the one on the bottom, then the whole thing falls apart or a patio or whatever you're doing, then the same is true, right? So we always do this like short-term, mid-term and long-term vision plan, essentially, right? So it's like, look, if depending on where we are in terms of our goals, right? Like it used to be more common that like, okay, I want an increase in leads. It's like, okay, well, this is how we do that. Or more now it's, I want an increase in a very specific type of lead. That's really where we spend most time now. Driving leads is pretty easy these days, honestly. Driving the right ones is where it gets interesting, right? So um, so driving those and then, so we always do this short and midterm. So like, you know, paid search is going to bring it in quickest, but you know, there's less, uh, quality checks along the way and then paid social, maybe they're not in the market for it, but you know that they're a great fit for it. Um, and then organic social is in there and you're building your community and then, you know, organic search is the long-term effort that quality of lead is probably best across everything um in terms of a long-term investment um but yeah if you're like just starting out and looking to to grow or to to go from like you know one million to two and a half million or something to get to that step uh, a little bit of content and some good organic social with some layered on paid social is a really exciting space i think so zooming out a little bit um you know you talk about all the customers and and the data points that you have obviously you're able to see some pretty interesting trends 
uh, and in the pool building and kind of outdoor living landscaping space has been a really interesting area for the past you know year and a half. We actually did a blog post about it, uh, Data Insights blog a few months ago with just how you know COVID-19 and the you know working from home, people are spending more time at home. They want to improve their living space. They want to improve their outdoor living space. What have the you know call it past two years? Uh, kind of look like for the, the industry as a whole and maybe some insights that you guys have seen based on some of the data and, and customers that you guys are talking to? It has been uh, wild. wild. In a word, wild. Wild. I mean, I don't know, you know, listen, how many years, right? Have I been somewhat connected in one way or another to this industry? I've never seen anything like it. The clients that I talk to, the people I know in the industry, never seen anything like it. It's uh it's, you know, I, I, I was on a call the other day and I said, so, you know, you're, you, I was speaking to an owner of a, of a pool building business and he was like, explaining to me like all of the trouble, right? The material shortage, the labor crisis shortage. And, and I'm like, see, this is, this is why we're crazy as business owners, right? Because here we should be sitting like, oh my God, I got more demand than I could ever need. I can cherry pick my projects and life is great. And then it's like, oh yeah, oh, and you can't get shells and you can't get pipe and you can't get anybody in the field. Um, so if it's not one thing, it's another. But yeah, I mean, you know, these 100% increase year over year in projects. I mean, this is un unheard of, right? Um and it was weird because it, it happened really quickly, right? Everybody got a little scared and, and tightened up. Luckily, we everybody kind of stayed course in terms of their plan. And it happened pretty quick. It was like, oh, wait, okay, no indoor, no travel, like ding, ding, ding. They're going to be in the backyard. And it was it was pretty quick um, when, it, when it transitioned over. But I tell you, it's... Um, it's, it's difficult to navigate right now. It really is for, for a lot of these guys. Um, and I don't know how it'll pan out, but um, we spend a ton of time talking about and trying to help support labor, um, you know, just trying to, because you would think, right, okay, we got all this demand, let me ramp up my team and meet this demand and make it happen. But they, the labor shortage is, is critical um, and material shortage, but it's not all bad, right? Like these, the, the ones that are positioned to ride this storm and, and benefit the best from it, um, you know, there's an opportunity here, I think, right? They can be incredibly selective with the things that they're taking on, which I know a lot of the folks that you have on in the past, it, the industry is changing. It's really about like curating a life with inside this industry, right? Like not everybody wants to ramp up to meet a hundred percent increase in demand. Like it's not like it used to be like when I was young in this industry where I just saw like everybody try to do as much as they can. It's, it's different now. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. They get to cherry pick it. Um, they get to build a, a body of work that they're proud of, right. That they can stand behind and, um, so I don't know. I think it's going to get it's going to get interesting to see how different businesses try to meet this this demand and try to solve for the for the things in the way of meeting it. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of started off talking about the, the outdoor living contractor lifestyle and the, the things they're focusing on. Well, we're heading into the off season and that means that demand is going to decrease a little bit. Hopefully, maybe not. Depends on where you're at in the country, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you can do in this assumed lull 
to improve operational strategies or, or to avoid common mistakes that people do in the off season uh, typically? Yeah, yeah. So like you said, right, it depends on where, where they're at, how much of that off season they get and, and how much they don't. But um, overall, you know, a lot of the a lot of the country gets that. Um, it's really interesting that used to be even like when we first started doing this at, at Halstead, it was like it used to be this huge, you know, dip and spike in like marketing activity and sales activity. And it used to be this this thing with like where nobody wants to talk about a pool when there's snow on the ground or nobody wants to talk about their backyard and like that was already changing so rapidly like two years prior to covid mm-hmm. and then you know like a lot of people say and i agree like covid just sped up a lot of the trends that were happening all over in all different industries so it was already kind of trending to like huh everybody's realizing that the off season is just a different season right like it's sales season it's preparing and um, and there was still revenue coming in and more so each year. And, and then COVID just kind of made it how like, man, now winter's crazy busy for everybody because they everybody wants to get on schedule before there's no more pools to put in the ground. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think what it's always been has been sort of a time to regroup, right? Look at, look at historicals a little bit more in depth um plan of course the strategies and the budgets for the year ahead in terms of messaging and marketing it was it's always been a big content review time right for all of our clients that are shooting content all in the on season let's call it um while we're editing things out along the way it's always a big effort to like re-edit a bunch of fresh content for the year ahead right um and that's where it's a little bit cyclical Right. So if you if you don't realize the power of the content that you need in the on season, then it takes a couple seasons to get yourself to where the off season really becomes productive. But um, so I think that's always what it's been. Um, and I think this year that's going to be, I don't know, I don't say totally different. Like we're still going to have to do those things, but I can see these conversations already happening to where it's like, all right, we got slammed last spring or this spring to with demand that we couldn't handle and really it was like you know the the leak in the boat was exposed i think for a lot of a lot of contractors they were like well hang on a second i thought i had a process for dealing with that but that process broke as soon as soon as the lead gates opened up like they did right so i think it's going to be like a lot of marketing automation stuff like automating as much communication with the with the potential client and existing client as possible right yeah um, i I remember when we started this i would i was talking and trying to sell marketing automation and the majority of the industry was not ready to even have that conversation but now we are right and um they're just so busy and they're going to be that busy i think again that salespeople and um and designers and estimators, they can't be fielding anything incoming that hasn't been already run through pre-qualifying layers uh, somehow. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of that. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, I'm super excited about like the, the, the calculator style thing. I know this is, uh, some guys love it, some guys hate it, but I think you're going to see an increase of something that we've been messing with for about 18 months to where, look, let them plan the project a little bit on the website by themselves, right? Like 
let's all, I, I do this thing. I'm like, let's all stop. It's a complicated industry to build these projects. And depending on how custom these things are, then obviously maybe it's impossible. But for a large chunk of the industry, we can give these folks an idea of what the possibilities are, how much it'll cost roughly, and we can get them pretty darn close, right? So when we talk about over demand like this, it's like, man, let them let them pre-qualify themselves a little bit, right? right. They come on the site, they choose the pool shape that they want, they choose their coping, they choose... Uh, the surrounding area, they choose whether they want lights and softscapes and everything else. And bam, this is roughly what your price is going to be. And then, you know, off goes the people that wanted to pay half that and before your team even touches it and come on, you know, now into the, to the next level of pre-qualifying for those that, that want to spend that. Right. Um, and then it can go to, I mean, we've even seen people add like a new role to where, or they use an office staff member to like take it the next step pre-qualifying before it goes off to the sales team so i think it's the year of like process and optimization why do you think there was so much fear in that automation a few years ago where where does that come from is it a control thing is it a customer experience thing that there was this oh if it's automated then it's impersonal and it's something that feels like i'm not taking care of you and now we've had this shift because I, I agree. And you look at just even the manufacturing, more builders are buying pre-manufactured material to help build the house because of the labor shortage. Like there's these connections where obviously automation isn't just marketing. It's just construction in general because of the, the, the fact that we don't have the bodies to go build. We're going to have to find ways to still deliver the products because there's still going to be people need people with homes. Right. So yeah. what, what was the fear? What is what has shifted that fear? Yeah, I think you, I think you hit it. I think it was, um, you know, depending again on the size of the company, there's this, there's this hands-on feel, right. That, that, uh, that's difficult to maybe let go of sometimes or, 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 uh, These builders to, are just control freaks. They just want to, yeah, you know, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. When you spend all day talking about minor details, uh, that yeah, most just, people it, don't see, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> um, but I think, it, I think it was a lot that I think honestly, just the maturity of the industry too. And, and the, and the marketing that's possible also probably in, in those nine years. Um, but I think it's just now, now there's a necessity and now they're the, the marketing knowledge or whatever is a little more mature. So they're like, Oh, okay. And, you know, and it starts gradual, right? Like five years ago, it was like, Hey, is it possible to just send an email automatically when that lead comes in? It's like, yeah, dude, we, we can make that happen. <laughs> and then like, it goes, you know, a next step on. Um, and then I, again, just like everything else that we do, if you can take it back to be like, look, you're going to free up you know, Joe, so he can go do that. And you're going to free up this person and you're going to weed out. And I think that's when it gets like, okay, all right, I can, I can do that. Even though I'm not going to do it hands on. <laughs> yeah. You, once you realize that it can, it's just, it's gotta be relieving. Like oh, I don't have to do it all. Right. And I think that's similar to a lot of, uh, not just like, you know, your t- kind of target audience, but a lot of, you know, the contractors that we talk with and a lot of builder trend internally, it's like, Hey, let's be more, you know, automated. Let's be more hands-free um one because it'll make us more productive and two that's what a lot of customers now want in a sales process uh they want to sign up online they want to go through automated onboarding 
uh, if there's a calculator on a dot com where I can see what it's going to cost me, like I want to do that as opposed to talking to someone. So it's really a yep. win win, not just internally for your company, but externally for your customers as well, too. There's probably Could a balance, right? You don't want to be like so automated that you don't talk <laughs> to anybody, but automated yeah. enough to like, yeah. Right. <laughs> show up at the job like oh i didn't think there was any real people i agree i think it's um you know and and that's a great point actually about what what the customer wants right like we always got to remember to go back to like okay look we got to run a business here but what does the consumer expect number one and what do they want right and like that's the kind of stuff that that we talk about it's like look maybe we could get rid of or minimize the form submission. Like this is the thing I've been, you know, I'm like, they just want to book a call to a calendar. Like, can we just make them do that? Like it gives them control when they're ready. And then we always talk about this, like the, the salesperson is digital now, right? Like they've been looking at your Instagram and your website for like, I think the stat is 90 days or something for a long, a long project. Like, they have met you and know more about you by the time they ever book a call or fill out a form. Um, just give them, just give them what they already want. You've like been vetted. Yeah. Thanks Google. They're just out here to <laughs> sell me out before I even talk to this customer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, I think unfortunately we're coming up on time here. Um, this has been super, super interesting. Uh, I think you represented, uh, the underrepresented, uh, outdoor living uh, area of the, the, the industry very well on the podcast today. Uh, any listeners out there that want to know more, I definitely encourage you to go out to halsteadmedia.com. We'll have a we'll have a link in the show notes, but I was reading through some of your blog stuff today. And even if you're not in the outdoor living space, uh, a ton of really, really good content and informational stuff there. So check it out. Uh, Corey, anything else, uh, final remarks that you want to leave us with here? I just want to say thanks so much, man. This is a fun, a fun way to spend some time here and um, keep up the great work. And and uh, thanks for having me on. Did you accept Charlie's job proposal? I missed that. <laughs> yes, it's accepted. All right, we'll talk. Perfect. <laughs> thanks, Corey. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Corey. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. So, Charlie, what are our takeaways? Yeah, I thought that was uh, he was definitely right. That was a area of the the construction industry that we have not talked about a whole lot um, on the podcast before. It, it reminded me of a couple episodes ago when we were uh, talking about the Association for Professional Builders and just how, you know, builders, landscapers, remodelers, you know, trade contractors, how they can be kind of on the cutting edge. You know, we talk a lot about builder trend and technology. And I think a lot of our conversation here was like, you can also be on the cutting edge from a marketing standpoint, you know, producing content, um, you know, being better with client communication, better with websites. Uh, obviously, the more and more leads you get, the more and more jobs you can do, the more and more money you can make. So this was a, a, an eye-opening episode for me, I would say, of just like nobody has really thought about that. Or, you know, some people are starting to think about that, but a lot of people I feel like are still, you know, this is new to them. So hopefully they listen to that episode, they, they get some takeaways, and they start kind of implementing in their business. And the data plug, I could just feel the the, Man, the tone of the room shift. That as was soon as he yeah. That up. I was I was you know biting at the bit there. I was I was trying to hold back. I could have gone down a lot of rabbit holes from the data perspective there. But yeah, super interesting conversation with Corey and and a really good uh, you know interesting business this business that he has set up with Halstead Media. Yeah, I think 
my big takeaway, something that we got to towards the end there that I thought was really interesting was just that automation piece and finding the balance between what does a, a modern experience look like? What are our customers' expectations? Something you can always kind of play around with. It'll be interesting to see in the future how businesses continue to adapt to these these trends of making things come digital online while right. also still not losing what makes it a really effective experience for your customers. Exactly. And you had a really good point in, you know, during the podcast. Oh, you thank you. <laughs> yeah, just hype you up a little bit. You are a great host today, Zach. <laughs> uh, the just towing the line between exactly that automation and the personal touch. And I think it's really just about catering to what your clients or what your you know, audience wants. There's going to be people out there that want to read a blog post. There's going to be people out there that want to watch a video. And there's going to be people that want to get you on the phone and talk. So I think as long as you provide those options for people and let them you know, just cater towards their needs, um, you're going to be successful as a business as, as a whole. Keep your options open. There you go. Just Always. like... People should keep their options open and check us out next time on The Building Code. Great outro. See, I told you you're on fire today. I can really just feel it. Thanks, Thank you, everybody. Guys. See ya.